This right. is speaking to the culture of Quick Trip, I feel like. You know, we talk so much about that here and how much we take care of each other, but this definitely speaks volumes about that concept, too. You're listening to The Quick Cast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome into The Quick Cast, the official podcast of Quick Trip. My name is Chris Calloway, and I'm joined today by Christina Reedy and Karina Paps, the coordinators here at Quick Trip for our Families Helping Families program. Christina, Karina, welcome on to The Quick Cast. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you very much. So first off, let's explain exactly what Families Helping Families is, or FHF, as we'll probably refer to it as. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really remarkable program that we have here, which Quick Trip coworkers and their families can support other Quick Trip coworkers and their families. Is that kind of the best way to describe the program? Yes, uh, we are an internal nonprofit organization, and we assist coworkers who are experiencing some sort of hardship that has put a financial strain on them and their families and is really causing a lot of stress. So we often provide additional resources to people um, because we find that a lot of times people just don't know everything that's out there. So that's one of the things we do is let people know other resources. And then we also grant financial assistance to any approved requests that go through our committee and our process, which we'll get into a little later. But all in all, our goal is just to help people get back on their feet and provide some stress relief while they're living through a tough season of life. Because we have, what, almost 40,000 co-workers here now, and mm-hmm. everybody's got their own story and their own different reasons they might be reaching out, right? Yeah. yeah. We and see so, a wide variety of reasons. Sure. So how exactly did a program like this come to get started? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the coolest thing about this program is the fact that FHF was an idea that a coworker brought to the company. And we talk here at Quick Trip a lot about innovation and creativity. Mm-hmm. And somebody came to a group of people and said, hey, I think this would be a really unique thing for us to do. How do we go about getting it started? Um, and Karina can share a little mm-hmm. more about how it's kind of grown into what it is now, but I think the best thing is that a coworker came up with this concept. Yeah, so that first coworker actually came up with the concept of fruit baskets during mm. the holiday season for other coworkers that they knew were just gonna have a really hard time. Uh, and that became known and somebody said, hey, you should submit this idea. And then it became really well known and took off and became many fruit baskets. (laughs) And they uh, said, well, now we kind of need some funds to make this happen. And one thing led to another. And so all of the things that we do today came from fruit baskets at the holiday season time. Do you know how long ago that was? In, I think, 2000. Nine potentially okay. is when it started. I know that by somewhere between 2009 and 2012 is when we are officially uh, proclaimed as like a 501c3. Mm-hmm. But I believe that the the origin of it was around like the 2009 time frame. And I think that's really a testament to Quick Trip and kind of the way that people see things is say, okay, we need to actually invest a little bit more into just fruit baskets to make this the best experiences for our coworkers possible, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so one of the really cool things you talk about getting that official nonprofit status mm-hmm. 501c3 it's voluntary like mm-hmm. you know we get asked you know i remember when i first started a quick trip you you learn about fhf and you say okay would you like to donate in your paycheck and you say sure you check the box and not really knowing what it is but is it safe to say that a majority of people do contribute in some way yeah. Um, I will tell you that we have a lot of coworkers who come from a lot of different walks of life. Sure. And um, I think 
The people who can't necessarily contribute in a monetary way definitely do so in spirit or volunteering or giving of some kind. So I would say a, a good majority of our coworkers are donating, but I always say we could use more funds um, because I think we're also experiencing an uptick in requests, which we'll, we'll kind of touch on later too, but we have a lot of coworkers who are needing assistance right now. So while I do think a lot of coworkers are donating, we could always use a little more. Certainly yeah. true. And mm-hmm. it's sort of the idea that all the money that comes in mm-hmm. stays in, but also goes out to people that need it? Yes. So essentially, a 501c3 means that we are a charitable program um, that our purpose is to give the money. And so we're maximizing our revenue, but for nonprofit reasons. So uh, the donations made to FHF are tax deductible. And we're an internal nonprofit to Quick Trip which is really unique because of the fact that Quick Trip pays our overhead. Typically, if you're a nonprofit, you're going to have overhead costs. So Karina and I, our positions, they're paid for. Our director, Ben Leibel, his position is paid for. Um, so that's the really incredible part. Um, there's not a whole lot of data out there that tells mm-hmm. us how many companies have something along these lines. We've definitely um, worked on occasion with groups of people that have said like, hey, do you guys um, have this? We've heard that you've had it through the grapevine. We'd love to start something of our own. How do we do that? So we've actually worked with a few businesses to help them come up with this type of concept. Um, but the neatest thing about the fact that we're an internal nonprofit and Quick Trip pays that overhead means that every dollar that a Coworker is donating, so you, myself, Karina, any of that money is going back to the coworkers and it's being invested in them. And not all nonprofits get to experience that same type of concept. So it's really, really unique. And it's really a ability for when people talk about Quick Trip and the way that they treat their coworkers to say that they take care of them. This is one of those shining examples that point out that this is something that not everybody does. Yes, this is speaking to the culture of Quick Trip, I feel like. You know, we talk so much about that here and how much we take care of each other, but this definitely speaks volumes about that concept too. A lot of us often talk about our Quick Trip family Mm -hmm. away from our home families and uh, most of us hopefully experience a lot of support in our families, and this is just one way that we see a, a teammate in need that's really struggling. Something unfortunate happened, and they see the stress, and they see how much they're struggling. And all of our money pooled together that we're donate can, donating can just really make a huge difference in that coworker's life. Or sometimes when you're on a team of you know, 20, 30 people, you're like, how do we come up with this money Well, you don't have to yourself. You can just submit them to Families Helping Families and us as a company then care for each other, hoping that we all as individuals never need it, but also then we know that if something happens that you have to live through, we're here. And I know that there's a lot of coworkers that uh, assist with FHF throughout the season in different sort of uh, volunteer um, initiatives, but you guys are living it every single day. So let's start with you first. Christina, Mm -hmm. I know this isn't your first role here at Quick Trip, so what was your career path to get to where you're at, and what does your day-to-day look like now working with FHF? Yeah, so I will start with how I 
began to work with QuickTrip and how I, you know, ended up in this role. Um, I started in operations support back in 2019. Uh, that's previously known as the Communication Center. And that's essentially a place where we provide support to retail, to our vendors, to our guests, um, answering a number of calls, troubleshooting issues, different things like that. Uh, I was an external hire. So there were a lot of learning curves because I didn't have the retail experience that some of our other coworkers did. But um, I remember Chad Jewell and Ron Wintrone were the ones who kind of took a chance on me. Um, and the best part was when Chad Jewell and I were talking, uh, he asked me in my interview, you know, where do you want to end up in five years? And I said, well, ultimately, I'd love to be in public relations. You know, I'm studying communication in college. That's, that's right up my alley. That's where I want to end up here at Quick Trip. Um, but I had always in the back of my mind wanted to work nonprofit because I love nonprofit. Um, I do a lot of nonprofit work even outside of Quick Trip. And uh, suddenly, about two years into my role in operations support, I had just graduated college, and the role of campus tour guide opened up. And I had their full support, like unwavering support from that group of people. They were so thoughtful and kind, and they're like, yes, you would be so good at this. So I applied for that position, and I was so fortunate to do that for about a year and a half. And then in February of 2023, uh, it came up that the position of a coordinator role was going to open for FHF. And they were like, do you have any interest? And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> to do nonprofit work within Quick Trip? Like, I had never wanted to leave this company because I love it so much and I love our community. You know, we talk about family, but like, that really is what it feels like for me sometimes. And I was like, I could never imagine leaving. And now to have the opportunity to do nonprofit work while also working for Quick Trip, it was, it was a no brainer. The rest was history from there. So. And- so thinking about where you started in operation support and knowing how that works, it's kind of the landing spot where everybody has issues, questions, things they want to know about the company. Mm-hmm. It's a good way for you to learn about all aspects of the yes. company. And then shifting into a tour guide role, you're literally in and out of every single facility. So yeah. you've gotten an appreciation for just about every nook and cranny of the company. So, right? Yes, absolutely. I feel really fortunate for that too, because it gives you, you get to meet so many coworkers and you also get to have an understanding of the inner workings of the company, which I think when you're doing something like what we're doing, it's really important to have an understanding of what our coworkers might be going through in their day-to-day lives, even at work. And then same question over to you, Karina. How'd you get to uh, where you're at today with Quick Trip? Yeah, so my journey started a few years before Christina's. (laughs) Um, I started with Quick Trip back in 2005 as a part-time guest service co-worker in retail. I worked for Quick Trip through college and then became one of the many stories of Quick Trip becoming a professional career. So I followed the retail leadership development career track from guest service coworker to food service leader, assistance uh, store leader, uh, castle to certified training store leader, opened a new store. And after 14 years in uh, retail, spent five of those years as a store leader, um, moved into recruiting and recruited for 11 departments here in the support center, and then also recruited for our retail management positions for external candidates coming in as ASLs. Throughout that time, uh, I was uh, very aware of families helping families. So somewhere around 2009, 2010, I was working um, as an FSL 
And uh, one of our coworkers, while I was on duty, went into premature labor and uh, went through just a really, really tough year. And we saw Quick Trip and Families Helping Families step up and keep her family afloat during that time. And it went from like, this is a really cool thing that Quick Trip does to like really hitting home and went, whoa, we can make a big impact on somebody's life. And not only their life, their entire family's life. And so then I was always advocating for families, helping families. So as when I became a recruiter, um, shortly thereafter in 2020, I stepped onto the committee. And then after I had kids of my own, I was really seeking a different work-life balance mm-hmm. than I previously had. And so I was looking for a part-time position to stay on it here at Quick Trip, uh, but then still be part-time at home with my kids. And so I was granted that opportunity by applying for this role uh, back in 2022. And so came on part-time as a coordinator in June of 2022 and have been here since. Wow. And Mm -hmm. that retail path, I think, is so many people that we have talked to have had different unique paths coming from retail and then finding a landing spot at corporate. And just the amount of people out there, like you got up to be a store leader. And we think about it now, we're opening, what, our 870th store this week. And so there's countless other of these sub-family units within all these other stores. And, you know, lots of people having premature labor type of stories, you know, Mm -hmm. that that happened to them. And so there's all these different people that Mm -hmm. are affected and people Mm -hmm. that uh, have their own needs. And so it's really cool that something like this happens. And Mm -hmm. so then bringing it back to today, Mm -hmm. your roles in in how they sit within the FHF, kind of what what does your nine to five sort of look like? It can look like a lot of different things, I'm not going to lie. It really depends on the day. I think, you know, ultimately the bulk majority of our job is processing requests. Um, So when somebody turns in a request, we have to go through and process it. And, uh, you know, that entails a lot of different things like asking questions, clarifying details. Um, But ultimately, that's what we do a bulk majority of the day is we're processing questions. uh, We're asking questions. We are... uh, communicating with coworkers, making sure they know what the status of their request is, if there's information to be communicated. Sometimes we're communicating with other departments. And then we even have subcommittees within uh, the FHF committee itself, which means that we have lots of different events and things going on. So sometimes we're meeting with them. Um, Sometimes we're doing things like this. So it can look like a lot, but the bulk majority of our job is to process requests and to try to take care of our coworkers. So let's, let's talk about that submission process. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be difficult for people to say, hey, I need help. So how do you guys go about identifying those coworkers, those families that might need that little extra assistance? Uh, so usually those like how to identify that person, that really comes from our coworkers. We do not know 38,000 coworkers <laughs> right. individually. And so um, we only know our own network of uh, people at Quick Trip. So if a coworker themselves know that, knows that they're struggling and they're going through something, finances are really tough, they need some assistance, uh, they can go right onto the internal um, Quick Trip Service Portal and submit themselves. And we have a full application that they can submit electronically. Uh, they can also print it off and do it via snail mail. Um, but if they submit it electronically, they go right into our system. Uh, the other way is we do see... Um, 
a lot of submissions on behalf of another coworker. So if you're a coworker at Quick Trip and you know somebody on your team or in a different department is struggling, you can submit them with the information you know. You don't have to know the nitty gritty and all of the details. That's our job, we'll figure that out. Uh, but you can submit on behalf of that person and they don't necessarily need to know who submitted them. We just reach out and say, hey, somebody submitted this on your behalf. This is what we know, tell us more. Mm-hmm. And so those are the two main ways um, that we get applications is on behalf of another coworker and somebody submitting it themselves. And we do hear quite frequently, and if you can't help me, I understand other people are worse off than I am, which does speak to that quick trip culture and wanting to work hard for what we have and then also wanting to help others. People are typically very understanding um, if they are unable to receive assistance. So what are those first phone calls like when you're reaching out to somebody? Is it um, like a little apprehension on their part when they're starting to figure out, okay, we're actually going through this process. You know, there's good things on the other end, hopeful, but you know, sharing your story might get a little close to home for some people. Do you kind of feel that when you're trying to learn the whole process with them on the phone with them? Yeah. We typically, believe it or not, uh, because of the number of requests that we have, a lot of our communication is actually via email. Okay. Um, And the reason for that is because if we don't, we wouldn't essentially be able to connect with everyone in the timely manner that we want to try to connect with people. Um, So a lot of times, uh, the first thing that we do is we tell them that we've received their request, and then we send them additional resources. Um, We want to make sure that we're not just potentially providing financial assistance, but that they have other avenues because like you mentioned or earlier Karina sometimes they don't necessarily know where to look for that mm-hmm. and then after that is when we begin the question process so we look over Karina and I together or separately look over the applications and we develop questions um, so and honestly it's just kind of a it really depends on the scenario because no scenario is the same and then we ask those questions and I will tell you sometimes it can be really raw Uh, and unfiltered. Mm -hmm. And we do have plenty of phone calls with people as well, where it is really raw and unfiltered. Um, I can't tell you the number of times that like I myself have gotten emotional on the phone with a coworker. And I keep telling myself like, okay, hold it together, hold it together. Um, Because what they're experiencing, I mean, for most people who are applying for assistance, one, they don't want to be, Mm -hmm. but two, it is probably one of the tougher things that they're ever going to have to do in life. Like they're not asking for help because things are kind of rough. It's because things essentially hit the fan and they don't know what else to do or where else to turn. Um, So I will say that I think there's a really raw emotional aspect to it, no matter which way you approach it. Um, But I think the beautiful part is in the end, when you actually get to the part where you get to provide somebody that assistance, the communication that you receive after that of how grateful they feel and how blessed they feel, that is unlike anything else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I also think that we're we uh, are we try to be really sensitive in the way that we ask questions. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is out on a medical leave of absence, we don't need to know everything about their medical plan. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to ask questions like, "How much unpaid time off have you experienced? Do you what does your treatment plan looking 
look like going forward? Because maybe somebody's been out for three weeks, but they're going to be out for the next four months. Mm -hmm. And the next person might be out three weeks, and they're going to be out for one more week. Well, those are two entirely different scenarios. Mm -hmm. So we ask more about the fact-finding of, like, what does this look like going forward? Are you going to be able to return to the same position you left? That that's a big deal, mm-hmm. and so we want to know some of those things. And sometimes they don't know. Like right now, my treatment plan's unknown. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Um, we'll work with that. And so we try to be sensitive in what we're asking um, because we realize they're uh, going through a very stressful time, and there's real tough emotions that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And so we we try to ask only what we need to know, mm-hmm. um, and they also get to choose how they respond. Sure. Yeah. And I think that was an interesting point you made. Christina saying that like nobody really wants to be talking to you, at least initially. <laughs> it's true. And, yeah. You know, yeah. nobody wants to be in that position, but then mm-hmm. they find out that, okay, the help is actually coming. And then mm-hmm. I would imagine things sort of go on and, you know, you get down the process mm-hmm. from there. And so mm-hmm. you get the requests in, you, 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 you learn someone's story and you say, yes, we're going to be able to help you. Mm-hmm. What are sort of the, the mechanisms to actually getting the help to that people? Mm-hmm. So we typically, after uh, we go through the process and the committee is actually the one who makes the decision. Mm-hmm. So Karina and I are the ones who kind of create a testimony on the coworkers behalf, take it to them. Once the committee has approved the assistance, um, then, we go on the um, track of we essentially need the information for the companies and the addresses. So uh, checks are not written out to coworkers sure. directly. Um, they are written out to the companies of which payment is due. So we contact the coworker, we get that information, and then our accounts payable team here at Quick Trip, shout out to them, they're lovely. Um, they help us get those checks printed and then sent off to the coworker. And then the coworker goes ahead and gets that check applied to whatever it is that we're assisting them with. So just sort of an extra layer of checks and balances to make yeah. sure just everything's on the up and up, which mm-hmm. I had no idea, which makes yeah. perfect sense, though, yeah. the way you explain it. Mm-hmm. So, um, Christina, you got to go on the road yes. leading up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to all of the New Year's uh, or all of the year end meetings, yeah, 38 okay. meetings yes, in 38 lots meetings. of different cities. <laughs> uh, what was that experience like? What, yeah. Can you just tell me about you know being on the road and seeing that many coworkers? Yeah, I will tell you it's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard stories from colleagues that had gone on the road for a year in meetings and even from our previous coordinator who kind of shared with me uh, what to expect, uh, but nothing can really prepare you for going on the road <laughs> for several, several weeks. Um, but I will tell you, it's so fulfilling to engage with those coworkers and to talk with them. Uh, my role on the road is essentially to make sure that our donation forms get put on the chairs because we ask our coworkers if they're donating at the end of the year and then they can fill out a payroll deduction form because that's how we get our donations is through payroll deduction. Um, so they can elect to donate, let's say $2 biweekly. And so that's what I did when I was on the road was collected those forms, put the forms on chairs. I had a lot of help from other colleagues district advocates that we have um, who help kind of spread the word within their districts about it. Um, And then while I was on the road, um, I was still trying to kind of maintain my workload, but we also had season of giving going Mm. on back here. And season of giving is 
an undertaking. Uh, it is our Christmas program where coworkers buy gifts for other coworkers and their families who might be experiencing hard times and don't have the money or the funds to do so. Um, so it's a whole kind of orchestration. And I won't lie, it's it's probably our busiest time of year and it can mm-hmm. be a little stressful, but it's so fulfilling. And so many people have so much passion for FHF. Like that's, if I had one word to describe it is there was passion and there was just so much joy from people about the program and they had ideas and they were creative. It was, it was really fun. Yeah, we have some of those trees around the support center. And Mm -hmm. if you didn't get there the first day, you're probably not getting a tag to be able to buy a gift. And so there's just that much excitement. And then just to see the amount of gifts that are lining the hallways. And, you know, that's the sports center is only a fraction of the company. And just to see Mm -hmm. that many people contributing Mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This year we actually um, assisted 851 families with Christmas gifts so that they could have gifts under the tree for their kids Christmas morning. And it's pretty cool that on top of everything else we've talked about with granting assistance, like this is on top of that. Mm -hmm. So after a family... um, needs assistance for the holiday season as other coworkers that go out and buy those gifts. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, have a whole crew of volunteers that help sort and get <laughs> yes. those gifts back to the right family in the right store mm-hmm. uh, before Christmas morning. Nice. So you mentioned 850 gifts this holiday season, and mm-hmm. that's just a fraction of all of the numbers that come into play mm-hmm. for families helping families. Mm-hmm. I mean, what can you share about how many submissions you you get per year? How many families are we able to help? I mean, kind of what does that actual need look like within within our company? Yeah, when I started uh, in June of 2022, we had right around 400, 450 applications that year. And so we moved forward a short 18 months (laughs) and uh, we came in at 1,190 requests for assistance this year. So that's up 200% in 18 months. And uh, just really speaks to what I think we're all living in our world right now. Um, Inflation is a beast Mm -hmm. and it's affecting everyone and it doesn't stop hard things from happening. You know, people still have, um, Furnaces that go out and cars that break down and kids that have needs that were not expected and medical things come up. And then there's less funds there. So, mm-hmm. like, more people need help. And so, as Christina had talked about us going to primarily email, that's one of the main reasons why. We have the same staff, and we have to do 200% more work. Yeah. So, um, we... Uh, yeah, we received, um, so I'm going to round up to 1,200 sure. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. applications this year in 2023. We expect that'll go up again mm-hmm. in 2024. And we granted financial assistance to 499 of those families wow. in 2023. And so that, I mean, in that by we, I mean the committee decided yes. and yes. granted <laughs> families helping families as a whole, not we as in <laughs> uh, Christina and Karina. We just facilitate it. Yeah. Um, but so those are some of the numbers. Another really cool number is that since we talked about the beginnings of families helping families and since we've started the request for assistance process um fhf has helped 4,631 families Mm. which is just an incredible number because we're an internal nonprofit, internal nonprofit helping 4,600 families and if you think about it you know we're up close to 40,000 co-workers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 10 percent of families needed yeah. help i mean that's yeah. that's awesome that, yeah. that's really really cool to see mm-hmm. so you know these numbers all come with a 
a person and a face behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What are some of those stories that stand out to you or some of those connections that you've made or certain requests that, you know, stick with you and, and kind of keep you motivated as you do this job? Yeah, I will say um, we encounter a lot of incredible stories. Um, one of our favorites is from this year during our year, year-end meetings. Uh, each year-end meeting, we pick a, a coworker to do a story on. And this year, our story was about a coworker who um, essentially he was working at the store when suddenly he just kind of collapsed. Um, he said he was like making a waffle sandwich of some kind and he could piece together that like he needed the waffle part of the sandwich and he was looking for it but he couldn't he couldn't register that it was right in front of him and suddenly he collapsed and he ended up having a seizure and the coworkers at the store um they caught him as he fell to the ground uh they radioed over the headset to the store leader hey um he's having a seizure blah, 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 911 was called, like it was a whole, whole, whole ordeal. And, you know, they, they told us this story and there were so many tears and they were really heartbroken and there were lots of hugs and prayers and people were just devastated by what happened. Um, and I will tell you, like the coworkers at this location love their coworkers so much. Um, when we went to film the story, just the passion they had and the care that they had was really incredible. Um, but afterwards, uh, they ended up reaching out to FHF because it turned out that the reason he he had the seizure was because he had a baseball sized tumor in his brain, which is just unthinkable, mm. you know, like literal brain cancer. And they confirmed, you know, after a little bit that it was cancerous. Um, and he was, you know, he thought that it was, but to find out that it was, he said was, was absolutely terrifying. And so after that, they reached out to FHF and they said, is there anything that you can do? And, you know, through the question process and through speaking with a coworker, uh, we helped with rent and medical bills. Uh, you know, your finances, as the story leader said it during the year end meeting video, your finances stop, but the bills keep coming. Sure. So you have to somehow sustain yourself. And so um, we helped out that way. But I think my other favorite part is the store was really helpful with the coworker as well. Um, he had a brother that was like taking him to and from work, but the, the store really tried to care for him as well while he was going through treatment, making meals, doing all of these different things. So um, that's probably my favorite. Um, and we've had, we I mean, we have had so many and I have lots of other favorites. You know, Karina and I talk about it mm-hmm. all the time, uh, but that one was really, really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tend to get passionate um, <laughs> when kids are involved and something that you can't plan for as a parent, like beyond the normal um the normal expenses that you think about when you're becoming a parent or when you've been a parent for a while and uh, just finding uh, more resources that exist out there outside of us, outside of Quick Trip, because oftentimes we don't know what exists. We don't know what other nonprofits are out there. We don't know what other benefits exist in our world. And so when we see situations with um kids going through medical diagnoses or maybe having learning disabilities or behavioral disabilities that just uh, really impact the amount that a parent can work uh, and therefore income, oftentimes there's other things Mm -hmm. out there to help reduce some of their stress as well. So beyond what we do within Families Helping Families, I tend to get passionate about like, okay, (laughs) let's find them more because this is not a short-term thing. Um, We can help them now. Let's Mm -hmm. find some additional resources so that they don't get back to the spot with a situation Mm -hmm. that isn't going to change for a while. And so there's just um, 
I mean, there's so many things when you involve kids. Um, we have a story where um, a single mom um, doing it on her own had a son who was unexpectedly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and they were managing it. They were on a wait list for over two years for an insulin pump, and they finally got the call that it was their turn, but they had a really quick turnaround. They had like less than a month to their appointment, and more was entailed in that than they were told. Mm -hmm. And so she had to take off work and spend three days in a different city, hotel, food, couldn't work, gas, gas, everything that goes with that, long days in the medical facility so they could learn how to use this insulin pump, Mm -hmm. which they were really grateful for, but they Mm -hmm. hadn't prepared for that expense. So we were able to assist them by helping them with those on-the-road expenses so they didn't have to take on those bills in addition to the bills that continued to pile up at home while they were um, getting the medical help that her son uh, needed. And uh, that insulin pump has been successful for him, and it's made his life much better and has helped her stress having a son Mm -hmm. with type 1 diabetes. Uh, So it was really good to see, um, like, you can't control those things. Mm -hmm. Like, they happen, and you have to live through them, and you have to work through it. But then when it was more expensive than what they were prepared for, to be able to step in and say, yeah, we can help with this. Sure. And, you know, you mentioned the amount of requests that have continued to grow, you know, tripled or whatever mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Quick Trip continues to grow. The amount of requests I would imagine you get are going to continue to grow, but mm-hmm. the amount of coworkers we add continues to grow as well. And that mm-hmm. means the amount of people that can give, that can help, that can assist in some way. What is the best way that coworkers can get involved? Yeah, there's a few different ways. So uh, since we've been talking about finance, finances, I'll start there. Um, any coworker can contribute through payroll deduction. You can either find the paper form out on Service Portal or you can electronically sign up via, via Career Central. And you have the option to start donating, increase your donation, or do a one time donation on that form. Uh, you can also, um, if you want to just do a one time donation, you can also send that via inner office mail directly to Families Helping Families on the department line or FHF. And you can send it directly to us. We get that. We send it to our accountant, and she gets it into our bank account. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also put on, we haven't talked much about it, but we put on many events throughout Mm -hmm. the year as Mm -hmm. well. And so um, volunteering or participating at those events. And we have bowling, golf, bass fishing, candy grams, um, FHF week, season of giving. Uh, I know I'm going to miss several. Uh, But we do a lot of events. And so if there's one that you're, as a a coworker, you're particularly um, passionate about, you can reach out and you can help coordinate that or put it on, even if you're not on our committee. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be on our committee in order to assist with events or volunteer. And uh, you can also participate and just have fun at those events. (laughs) That is a great way to get involved, is to come and be a part of the different things um, that we put on throughout the year. And then as we are in multiple states at this point, and not everybody is close to lacrosse, um, each district in retail has a Families Helping Families district advocate, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a point person in that district who communicates with us and gets information to us, and they just help us get information out about Families Helping Families. So you can also reach out to your district advocate and ask them, 
what are they doing? Do they need help with anything? Are they going to put on any local fundraisers? Mm-hmm. We've had district advocates put on different raffle baskets. We had somebody do a beanbag tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have you know, different things that district advocates do in their local area as part of Families Helping Families as well. And Christina, you mentioned earlier that mm-hmm. that biweekly uh, payroll deduction, mm-hmm. it's only a couple of bucks that mm-hmm. most people do, but mm-hmm. with the amount of coworkers, we yeah, that really adds up. Yeah. I mean, really, two, three, five dollars really makes a difference, right? Yeah, we always say anything will make a huge difference, and it's so true. I mean, you multiply little amounts times thirty-eight thousand, almost forty thousand coworkers, and the difference that that can potentially be is absolutely incredible to think about. Um, and I think too, uh, when it comes to the biweekly donation, um, a lot of times coworkers think, well, you know, I don't necessarily know if the amount that I'm going to contribute is really going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And I promise it absolutely makes the biggest difference. Um, and I just, I, I want to say like, thank you to any of the coworkers that are listening to this. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you times a million, because you have you know, you guys don't necessarily get to see firsthand what a huge difference this makes, but it really is remarkable and incredible. And it is our coworkers. You know, people will call Karina and I, they'll say, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's like, well, our committee members, another shout out to them. Like they have the toughest job making these decisions. Like they're incredible. But then I'm like, no, thank the person next to you because it's that coworker standing at the register with you. It's the coworker working in the kitchen. You know, it's, it's our community that makes that impact. And no matter how big or small your donation donation might be, it a hundred percent it's felt. You guys are just doing the paperwork. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're doing <laughs> the shuffling and yep. facilitating, like yep. the rest of it. We're just facilitating it yeah. all. It's all each other. It's yeah. you know the person that you clock in with and clock out with that's really making it happen. But we get the benefit of seeing the thank you. This is the first light at the end of the tunnel that yeah. we've seen. This is the first place that we've asked for assistance that has said yes. This is the we've never been in a situation like this in my X number of years <laughs> as an adult. Never yeah. thought I would need you know help and oh my goodness what a difference this makes we get to see those responses and we get that benefit but every single donation makes a massive difference and like you said there's resources in service portal in career central Mm -hmm. all these different places you can find out everything you need to know we'll drop all the appropriate links that you can get to but Mm -hmm. every dollar that comes in goes out somewhere and makes a difference absolutely Mm -hmm. very cool Christina Reedy, Karina Pratt, we appreciate your time here on the QuickCast, and thank you for telling us everything you need to know about FHF. Thank Thank you you for having us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the QuickCast. Hey, we'll see you next time.